Welcome to Flourish. I'm Diane Planetan, and you're in the right place if you're ready to create an inspired life. And we do so by working on our own personal development. So we can be strong role models for those without a mentor and strong for our own personal well-being. Today's episode is one of my favorites <laughs> as we continue our journey in Maxwell Maltz's best-selling book about self-image psychology and how important it is to your own personal well-being and how you reflect on others. I will start with a quote here uh, from the book. You can change your habits and lead a better life if you'll stop relying on miracles and get in the habit of realizing you've got to work to get what you want. This chapter is all about habits and how they can help you master your destiny and not leave things to fate, per se. <laughs> so what are these bad habits that are, uh, you know, slowing us down and digging us a little deeper and really taking a toll on our own self-image, per se? And this is fascinating because I'm sure you already know what your bad habit is, but the whole art of living is to overcome bad habits and rise above them to habits that make for a good life. Wow, doesn't that sound inspiring? And he goes on to say, you can develop the good habit of thinking of yourself as a worthwhile, constructive citizen with goals for every day of your life. Or you can think of yourself as a failure, a person of no worth. And this way of thinking is a habit. They were acquired while we were growing up. And so in our childhood, habits are formed and they persist a long time. But you can change them. And he's going to show us how. <laughs> there are so many things that could be a habit. And there's good habits and there's bad habits. And they are acquired growing up. But they also transform and progress as we get older. Recently, there was a study about children growing up now with technology. And the toy they want to play with the most is the one that mommy and daddy play with the most. And that's our cell phones. That is a simple, obvious example <laughs> of how a child can pick up your habits, right? So the book goes on to talk about how we mm, have an abundance of food now and don't have to gather it. So we overeat or we overdrink or we do a little too much tension relieving rather than goal achieving. You know what your habit is that you want to break. You know it. You could be biting your nails. I mean, maybe that's not an evil habit for your health, but maybe it's annoying enough that you want to switch it around. You want to make the change. I love this chapter because it tells us in very direct means <laughs> how you go about it. So let me give you, uh, for instance, so the overeating. Overeating is, in fact, a habit. But why do people eat too much? Why don't they know where to stop? It's that temporary satisfaction. 
People whose lives are full do not eat too much. They feed themselves with goals that are worthwhile and activities that are exciting. They nourish themselves <laughs> with giving relationships to others and with the feeling that each day is an adventure. Eat like a human, right? <laughs> if you eat too much and are overweight, your overeating habit is a result of an emotional grievance, conscious or buried. You overeat to make up for what you feel you are missing or have missed at some time in your life. You're trying to soothe all your frustrations with food, and it can't be done. Let me repeat that. It can't be done. He talks about this in great detail in this chapter, and I really do love that. So he goes on to say, you know, whatever habit it is you want to break, start by changing your image, maybe just from the outside. Dress as if you think you're worth it. The way you dress is another of your most important habits. While clothes do not necessarily make the man, it's a saying, people will often judge you, sometimes unfairly, by your personal appearance. When you dress well, you present a positive picture of yourself to the world. Nowadays, many people pay too much attention to clothes, ignoring spiritual qualities that make us bigger people. Still, if you're a sloppy dresser, you have acquired a negative habit. You are putting your worst foot forward. When you think more of yourself, as you should, you will take the trouble to dress as if you thought you were worth it. And yes, our superficial world is never going to change, and it's been this way for the ages, from since the beginning of time. But it also will help you. I mean, who, you know... You get to a point where you're like, I don't really want to worry about what other people are thinking of me. Guess what? You don't have to. This is all about what you think of you, your dignity. Unfortunately, and Coco Chanel said this, dress shabbily and they'll notice the dress. Dress impeccably and they'll notice the woman. If you want to get noticed, if you want to build your self-image, if you want to have dignity and lift your spirits high, start with your own personal way that you dress. And it doesn't have to cost a lot. You can put on something nice and clean and fresh and hold your head up high with dignity. Start with that. That'll make you feel better. Take a look in the mirror, right? So what's stopping you? Well, he says your negative habits stand between you and your happiness. If you eat too much or drink too much or if other bad habits plague you and you want to change them, here's what you do. Believe that you can change your habit. Have faith in your ability to control yourself and to bring about positive changes in your basic makeup. Two. Understand the physical consequences of these habits so well that you're willing to undergo temporary deprivation, even suffering. So great is your desire to change. 
Three, find something satisfying which will comfort you during the temporary period of pain that you will go through while you're depriving yourself of a prop that has sustained you for a long time. And talks about maybe you want to take up that hobby that you've put away for a while. Four, discover the basic problems that drove you to such excess. What is your frustration? Do you undervalue yourself? Why are you such an enemy to yourself? Five, come to grips with these problems. Realign your thinking, accept your failures, and rediscover your triumphs. And six, direct yourself towards positive habit patterns that will make your life rewarding. Set new goals for yourself. Get the feel of success in constructive activities that will bring out your ability and your enthusiasm. Those are six great tips. And you have to think about those. Write them down. Repeat. Write it down. Repeat. Put a message on your phone. Every day, those are six golden nuggets on how you can break the habit that is holding you back. Breaking the habit of your old self. You don't want to be that person anymore. He says, you have to have compassion for yourself. Compassion, clarity, self-respect. When you can reach these feelings, you will feel like yourself. For habit is repetition. Aha. And a really bad habit is worry. So how do you get into that flow where you just let it go? Well, you develop the kind of emotional habits that lead to happiness. Habit represents the use of imagination, positive or negative. If you use your imagination as an ally, you will ensure your well-being. It is your imagination, and if you feel that you have the rights of a valuable human being, you can use it to give you the emotional patterns that will make your life a joy. Emotional patterns that will make your life a joy. (laughs) And he does this exercise, which I'm going to share with you right now. In understanding your imagination, understanding your mind and the power of it, how you can visualize and keep that vision in your mind's eye in order to get over those barriers with what's holding you back what's no nobody's force feeding you and i'm using food because it's the most relatable to absolutely everybody because not necessarily everybody smokes or drinks or bites their nails or whatever it is that habit you want to get rid of but we all eat we all eat and it's a common denominator so that's why i'm focusing on food understand the importance of your mind your concepts your mental images more than anything they are you Tell yourself over and over just how important are the workings of your mind. Realize the power of your self-image. This is another intangible, but its power is also real. You rise or fall, succeed or fail, depending on your self-image for your own good. Don't forget that. Get out of the habit of rationalizing away your defeats and then crawling into a shell of resentment at the world's failure (laughs) to recognize you. 
First, you have to recognize the good in yourself. Recognize the good in yourself. Tell yourself again and again about the power of your self-image and get into that habit of working to improve your concept and image of yourself. For this is your great hidden wealth. And he gives an example in the book of John F. Kennedy. Did you just picture him in your mind's eye? Yeah. That is the imagination at work. You know exactly what he looks like if you've studied history at all. That is the magic of your imagination. And if you just keep that, keep that going, you start working that mental muscle. And however you do that, through meditation, through habit changing, you're breaking this habit of who you used to be. It's a gradual process. So don't expect it to work overnight. (laughs) I mean, some people can do things cold turkey, but sometimes they fall back on it. So if you work on it, just like you would work your physical muscle, you're working your mental muscle now. Why not, he says, apply this same power of mental picturing to your advantage? Use this overwhelming impact to see yourself in the most successful moments, upgrading instead of downgrading yourself. Do not let your success die. Keep them alive in the theater of your mind. Keep on picturing your victories in life, nodgedly focusing on your success pictures until they become part of your personality. And what might have been becomes what is. What might have been becomes what is. So to recap, you have to believe that you can change your habit. Two, understand the physical consequences of these habits. You have to be able to deprive yourself or change what's going on there. You're physically going to feel this. I think number two is the hardest. Three, you do that by finding something satisfying, which will comfort you during this temporary period of pain. Maybe you take up that hobby you've always been wanting to do. Discover, number four, the basic problems that drove you to such excess. What's the enemy? It's within you. And it's hard to let go sometimes. Five, come to grips with these problems. Realign your thinking, accept your failures, and rediscover your triumphs. And six, direct yourself towards positive habit patterns that will make your life rewarding. It's all about setting new goals, making that change, moving forward. Write down those six great ideas on how you're going to change your self-image, how you identify, how you want the world to see you, how you want to see yourself. Relax into it. Go back to those six tips, six ideas, and practice, practice, practice. Work your mental muscle. Whatever that looks like for you, whether it's meditation, whether it's trying to ease into it, tell yourself everything will always work out. It always does. You're still here and you deserve to live a life that's inspired 
your self-image is the best place to start. And I myself, and no exception, I'm working on habits that do not serve me. And I want to let them go and live a more inspired life. Well, if you like the show, share it with somebody I know. And hey, hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss the next chapter. Seven rules for happy living. Don't you love that? I'll see you soon.